Welcome to Conversations with Anne Elizabeth, the podcast inspired by my book, I'm a Registered Dietitian, Now What?, where I have the absolute joy to sit back, relax, and have a conversation about nutrition with a variety of people who share their passion and purpose, especially registered dietitians. My conversation today is with Ellen Davis, who found her passion for nutrition as a collegiate athlete and became a registered dietitian and a certified sports specialist in sports nutrition. Make sure to go check out my book, I'm a Registered Dietitian, Now What? It is available for purchase at AnnaElizabethRD.com. You can also catch up on my blog post and everything Anne Elizabeth. Ellen was always passionate about being an athlete since seventh grade, where she ran track and cross country. It wasn't until college did she realize the connection nutrition had with her performance and health as a Division I athlete. She suffered from many injuries and realized how not feeling her body properly was part of the equation. By being an athlete herself, she wanted to help other athletes learn from her experience and now spends her time working with athletes at all different levels and all different sports. Ellen is one of the most kind and genuine women I have met, and she is also a fantastic dietitian. She truly cares about her clients and believes their successes are also her own. Please enjoy my conversation with Ellen. Well, since we're kind of talking about becoming a dietitian and never thinking about where you'd be today, when you first started being thinking about being a dietitian, talk to me about, you know, we've known each other for a while, but I don't know if we ever really talked about your beginnings and how you decided that you wanted to be a dietitian. So tell me more about that. Yeah. Um, my career as a dietitian started far before I had a degree, I feel like, um, I truly developed a passion for nutrition and dietetics when I was running track and cross country at the University of Missouri. Um, I had started my track career as a little seventh grade runner in <laughs> middle school and, um, you know, truly never had to think that much about nutrition and how it affected my performance as an athlete um, until I went to college. You know, my parents were um, really great about taking care of that aspect for me and having, you know, sound meals on the table when I got home from practice every day. Um, but when I went to college, there was just a million different options available through the cafeteria and, you know, extracurricular activities, obviously. Um, <laughs> so I realized, um, far too late in my career as a division one athlete that I was making really poor fueling choices and um, ended up hurt a lot um, and couldn't really figure out why and was super frustrated because I was spending more time cross training than actually competing and wasn't really able to spend that time doing what I went there to do. Um, and so it had, you know, came to the point in my academic career that I needed to make a choice in what I was going to do and realized that um, a profession as a dietitian, specifically a sports dietitian, eventually um, would be something that I'd be really interested in. Because at the time, the University of Missouri didn't have a sports dietitian on staff. And that was just really kind of at the beginning of this movement um, to hire sports dietitians at the professional level in the division one, two, and three level. Um, so I made, I made that my goal. So um, 
was accepted into the coordinated program at the University of Missouri and um, did all my internship and classes and then continued to compete as an athlete all at the same time. Oh my God, that's like a full-time job. <laughs> it was, looking back, it was, uh, yeah, it was a challenge, but you know, I think that's what we do as, as dietitians. We just put our head down and do it and, and just go for it. Yep. Yeah, and try not to look back. Um, but now <laughs> looking back, you know, what was that? I started the program probably eight years ago, I suppose. Um, now my former roommates give me a hard time about, you know, how, how stressed I was all the time because I was, I was never home and I would leave very, very early in the morning and be gone for 14 or 15 hours in the day so that I could get my internship hours in, still getting all my workouts done, usually on my own, you know, because I couldn't meet with my team to do those workouts. Oh my goodness. And then would find dinner, you know, at the... <laughs> <laughs> the training table and then get home and then try to do homework or whatever. So, um, yeah, it was an intense year to a year and a half, but, um, like I said, I ju you just now got you through even, it. Yeah. Now yeah. you look back, like you said, it was eight years ago, but you're like, Oh, I, yeah, I was probably kind of stressed. Yeah. Yeah. I feel, I feel bad for them sometimes because I probably wasn't a very great roommate at the they time. They talk but to you though. So that's they do. good. Yes. Yes. They do still talk to me and still give me a hard time. So. so I find it interesting that you made that connection with your performance as an athlete and how food was affecting your performance and being injured. So was there something that specifically is a certain injury or just, you just never felt a hundred percent as an athlete? Yeah. I, um, I just never really felt a hundred percent. I actually, um, ended up with, I think my grand total was five stress fractures throughout my career just at Missouri. So in, in five years, I had five stress fractures. At one time, I had three stress fractures at once oh um, in different parts of my, um, my foot and then my shins. And so, um, you know, now as a dietitian looking back, I'm assuming that my calcium intake was not adequate. I was probably severely deficient in vitamin D. Um, and truthfully, I mean, I have no shame in saying this, but I was overweight. <laughs> I was I was probably easily 10 to 15 pounds more than I should have been trying to do what I was doing as an athlete. I was just, I was carrying too much weight. And for a normal human being would have been perfectly fine, but running 60 or 70 miles a week carrying that much mass it just it wasn't it was hard on your body yeah it was just hard on my body so um and I'm the type of person that as an athlete it's hard for me to understand it was hard for me to understand the importance of recovery I just tried to go 100% every single day because I thought that's what you were supposed to do um it was really hard for me to listen to my body when it said slow down, take a day off, even if coach says, you know, this is what you're supposed to do. Um, so I just, I pushed and pushed until I literally broke. And, and you did. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Oh my so um, once I, once I figured that out and really started putting into practice what I was learning um, as a student, things turned around, you know, really pretty quickly. So I always use that um, with athletes, that I'm consulting with now is, you know, try to give them that real life example of, you know, 
the difference that it can make in in your performance and your overall just happiness sure because it can have a lot to do with that so when you were doing your coordinated program and you're still running track mm-hmm. did you notice just from your knowledge of learning during that getting your internship hours in, did that start to repair your kind of nutritional status and your ability to perform as an athlete yeah it did it was it was still tough, you know, with the schedule that I was trying to follow. <laughs> well, you know, being gone for 16 hours a day. <laughs> yeah, but um, but I knew I knew what I was needing to do from a nutrition standpoint. The recovery aspect was still probably lacking a little bit, um, but I was taking better care of myself. And then I also was able to shed a little bit of that light to my teammates as well, you know, because, um, you know, there's no, there's no secret. And the fact that there's some disordered eating that happens on an endurance cross country team or, you know, with a track team. And, um, I, I kind of became the mama bear as far (laughs) as being a team captain. And then also having a little bit of nutrition knowledge base as well. And so, um, yeah, I, d- I didn't necessarily know what I was doing, but I knew that I was headed in the right direction as far as being able to to help others because I think that's that's why we become oh, dietitians <laughs> because absolutely. we just want to we help others, you know, find their success in, in whatever that is. In any situation, like yeah. you said, teammates, your family, friends, and then possible clients are part of that too. But we do kind of share the love as dietitians with <laughs> yeah. everyone that we know, I think. Yes, absolutely. And usually it's not just about what our clients or friends are eating. It's, no. <laughs> you know, there, it's, it's so much more uh, multifaceted than just, the, just their food intake. Absolutely. That's a great point too. So thinking about your, um, your internship, <laughs> since you were so busy, how was the internship process for you? Because it's a little bit different than a lot of internship programs. Yeah, um, it, was, it was different than any other dietitian experience that I've met now in my professional career um, because everything once we were into once we were accepted into the coordinated program at Mizzou that was it there was no more application process Um, they just placed us into um, the different internship possibilities yeah um, which was maybe it was a blessing and maybe a little bit of a curse (laughs) there because we didn't have much say at all in what we were really interested in so our internship was you know very heavily clinical um which i know is is pretty common um and a lot of what i was doing because i was an athlete and they were extremely helpful in um making that a little bit more um convenient for me to not have to travel that much. Um, I did a lot of work on campus and so did, you know, several weeks in campus dining. And oh. um, then all of my clinical setting was on campus as well at the um, at the hospital um, on campus. And so I never had to go very she far. You didn't have to go very far. <laughs> no. <laughs> um, but yeah, it was... It was interesting. They it was were, good probably to get it done and to accommodate your life at that point. Yes. But do you kind of feel like you wish you would have had more, a little bit more experience during your internship? Yeah, I do. Um, I just think that it would have opened my eyes to a variety of different situations. And um, 
I mean, I would I would never give up my opportunity to to compete the way that I did, but being able to travel somewhere and see a different part of the country um, while completing that internship process is something that I've always thought would have been, you know, really very exciting. But like I said, you, you got to give and take. You can't do it all. <laughs> I agree. I think it's about that too. I'm like, you know, if I go do it again, I would go somewhere. I really wanted to do it in Puerto Rico. And I'm like, I should have just did it. Mm -hmm. <laughs> Why didn't I? Yeah. But maybe some, maybe someday we can do like a fun dietitian redo internship and just go visit I, places. I think that'd be great. That'd be fun. Yeah, let's start planning. Like a midlife dietetic internship. Yeah. <laughs> so you got done. Was your internship program like two years? You said like a year and a half? Um, the entire program, the full program was two years. Um, now, I, I ended up stretching mine out over like two years and half of a semester. Okay. Um because in the spring of my final year, um, that was when the internship was was crazy, full full time, you know, forty plus hours um, a week, and we were traveling every single weekend for track because um, we had a meet every single weekend, and we generally left on Thursday or Friday, so it was just physically impossible for me to you know be two places at once. So again, the program was awesome in allowing me to take that block off. So I had six weeks where I was just able to focus on competing, and then I finished up my internship in the summer after I was to actually graduate. So I walked for graduation in May, and then actually graduated in August and then started my professional career later in August. That's awesome. They accommodated that for you. Yeah. That's amazing. Yeah. I, and I had um, a teammate who had gone through the dietetic program just two years in front of me. And so she kind of paved the way wow. and she had, like, she had done you. it. Yeah. So <laughs> I, it was as seamless as it could have been given the situation so yeah I was super grateful that they were able to help me out with that did you when you chose college was ch college kind of it, the primary thing was was track is that kind of what how you chose the school that you went to because obviously you didn't quite get to that dietetics point until a bit later in your academic career so yeah um track of course had a lot to do with it um I'm the youngest of four children um, by, by quite a ways. Um, my next oldest sibling is six and a half years older than me. And I've always joked that I've had two sets of parents, my, <laughs> my parents and then my siblings also um, who treat me like they're used to treat me more so like one of their children. Mm -hmm. um, and I felt really strongly about getting away a little bit. I needed to, to go far enough away that I could really stand on my own two feet and kind of figure life out because I felt like I had been a little bit sheltered gotcha. <laughs> throughout my <Makes> life. <laughs> um, and so a lot of it had to do with scholarship opportunity and, um, you know, what that was going to look like financially and what was going to be the uh, best situation from a coaching standpoint and teammate standpoint. And, um, Missouri just seemed to be the right fit um, for that. So, you know, and hindsight's always twenty twenty. Uh, but um, I, w I would never give up the, the relationships that I developed while being at the University of Missouri. Now, if in a different world, I don't know that I would have done that exact same thing. Um, 
given another opportunity. But like I said, um, it was, was all meant to be. It was way. all meant to be. Yeah. And it just happened to be that um, Missouri had a great dietetic program. That's amazing. Yeah. I had gone originally for physical therapy. And in my first semester, um, this was this the silly, stupid 18-year-old in me. Um, <laughs> the physical therapy program had, had just tran- transitioned into a doctorate program. And so in my um, naive 18-year-old mind, I thought, you know, I would have to stay at Missouri for seven years or however long it was going to take me um, to get through the doctorate program. I didn't realize that I could go anywhere like <laughs> after I graduated to do my doctorate program. Um, and I was, I was extremely homesick and um, I jumped ship immediately. <laughs> but now looking back, I mean, again, it all worked out for sure. the best, but, um, but that's where I started was in physical therapy there. So well, this all kind of ties into your athlete kind of person inside of you too. So you mm-hmm. were going to be on the right track regardless. Yeah, so. I knew that um, something science and um, health related was was where I wanted to be and what was going to be the good fit for me. So it was just a matter of which direction I went. So you went. Mm-hmm. So you finished your internship and you started your professional career. So did, did, was there a lot of time in between your internship, your tests, and then your first job? Um, so I was finished with, I was finished with my internship probably mid-July and, um, I did what every college student thought that they were never going to do and, um, moved home, um, and lived (laughs) with my parents for, I think it was two weeks, um, probably, and they, you know, they were great. They didn't care. They, I knew that I had a job. Um, it was just a matter of time before I could get started and find an apartment and and all of that. And truthfully, it was two of the best weeks of my life because they I knew that loved it was, having you there. They did. We we went on um, day trips and it was just my mom and dad and me. And it was yeah, it was pretty hilarious. Um, <laughs> but then uh, moved to Des Moines and started um, my job. I think it was August twenty second, and then. Um, sat for the RD exam uh, the first week of September. So you were hired before you ever took I your was. exam. Mm-hmm. That's amazing. Yeah. Um, I would have enjoyed those two weeks too. I would have took many day trips and yes. had a blast. <laughs> yes. And, you know, kind of with the lingering thought of, I got to take this test in less than a month. <laughs> and so that was a little bit terrifying. But, um, you know, it was fast and furious and got the studying done and got it taken and... The rest and, is history. Yeah. It's over. Yeah. Thank God we don't ever have to take that again. <laughs> I know. You will always maintain that CDR so you don't ever have to take that test again. Yes. Even if you don't practice as a dietitian, I still think I will be 110 and still have mine. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> just for, just out of pure fear. Yes. <laughs> of ever having to take that test again. <laughs> yeah. I was um, reminded of that feeling this past February when I um, sat for the CSSD, the oh, Certified yes. Specialist in Sports Dietitian. Um, which you know brought all of those same emotions back and you know the anxiety and the you know the tension Um, but the difference with that was you didn't know right away if you passed you had to wait six weeks in order to get your um, your results in the mail and so they still send them in the mail for that they do So it did probably completely take you back to that test. It did. And the the best part about that is uh, 
I'll have to retake that exam once every five years, just like all the other specialist certifications. certifications. Yeah. So, um, but you got your first one done. That's yes. a god. That's now you have kind of an idea of what to expect. Yes. a little bit better. Yeah, than you do otherwise. Yeah, and it's it's different when you're studying for something that you know that you're really passionate about and a little bit more specialized in in that sense um it's not quite as broad of topic but still plenty of plenty of studying to do oh i'm sure well let's go back to that first job that you started right after your internship and test and where was that at um i was a in-store dietitian for hy-vee um here in west des moines so you did retail. Um, yes, I yes. did the retail scene, and um, you know I think um, my for probably the first year of my career, I felt like a fish out of water. I, you know, we had done all of this internship work, and we were supposed to know how to be a dietitian, <laughs> and you know you get into the real life situation, and you think. Huh? <laughs> how do you do this you know um and so that was a that was a really valuable learning experience um I felt very grateful to have the experience at all and um you know with had the opportunity to connect with a variety of community members and had a really wonderful group of dietitians to get to know and kind of bounce ideas off of um and yeah that it was it was a it was a good Good first time job. Spent. Mm-hmm. Well, it's probably a little bit different too if your if your internship was very much clinical focused. Yeah, and you didn't really have a lot of experience probably in the community setting outside of maybe some food service campus dining type things. So right, that I could totally understand. Yeah, you know, how you felt a little bit like oh gosh, now what do I do? Now what? <laughs> um, I knew that being in the preventive side of things was where I really wanted to be though. So I knew that it was just a matter of time before it started to click a little bit easier. Um, And, you know, you had the opportunity to get your hands into a lot of different scenarios being in retail. Um, And on that preventative side, mm -hmm. because that's basically what retail is, is that preventative side. Yeah, absolutely. So how long so, were you were how long did you do retail for? So I was there for um, about two and a half years, and then did you ever feel like you were a fish in water at the end of the two and a half years? <laughs> uh, no, no, <laughs> no, Just, I didn't. Um, it was the the store that I was at was um, truly unique um, in the customer base and kind of what their their focus was. Um, so I, I never I honestly didn't really feel like I found my groove but um like I said still truly grateful for the experience and you know being in retail you have the opportunity to keep up to date on all the newest products that are coming out and you know that practical application of taking a customer from a consultation and showing them what the foods that are available to them that's that's really valuable um something that I probably would have never recognized as a dietetic student, um, that, that, that feasibility is just really, really nice. Um, but had kind of at the, at the end of that, um, time spent at that store, you know, felt like it was time to 
challenge myself in a different part of dietetics and um, then had an opportunity to actually work with a family um, privately as their dietitian and cook. So um, that was another really unique experience. So that was job number two. That was job number two. <laughs> so you go mm -hmm. from retail and then you go, uh, that's, I mean, that sounds very intense to me as being like a family's dietitian and cook, or did you call yourself a chef? I did not call myself call a, a chef. Cook. Yep, I call myself a cook. I don't have any formal culinary experience. So in true dietitian fashion, um, you know, I, I feel like, yeah, I just, I walked that line. And sure. um, I, I just always joked that I was a dietitian that was able to prepare meals. Yep, exactly. <laughs> My mom taught me how to cook really well. And then I added the dietitian aspect to it to make it a little bit healthier. So, so let's talk about that. So how big was the family? How many members? Um, family of five. Yeah. Five. So mom, dad, three kids. Three kids. Yep. Mm -hmm. And then they, was there a certain focus? I mean, what was, is what was our reasoning for hiring a dietitian? Um, they were an extremely active and um, athletic family made up of um, current athletes, former athletes, and um, just had a desire to learn how to eat eat healthier. And um, we're looking for that, um, just that convenience factor. Um, so that was that was a really great great time spent. You know, of course, being a part that close to a family um, had a brought in a completely unique aspect, but um, really did feel like I became part of the family. Sure. Um, which, again, was a blessing and a curse at times because <laughs> as dietitians, we get so invested in into the the health and well-being and the happiness of, of anyone that we're working with. And then to put yourself into that position um, to be working just side by that. side with yeah, them, like exactly. jumping into their family. Were you very intimidated in the beginning of, you know, what they like to eat and how their dynamics worked? And I, I was. I, I think part of that was because I didn't have any formal culinary experience, <laughs> and you know, um, my husband now, who is just my boyfriend at the time, he was really my only food critic, and you know, he likes he anything. Likes anything. <laughs> so I mean, if it wasn't raw he would eat it and um you know it was it was a little bit yeah it was very intimidating just to um be preparing that many meals for um for a family like that you know just to hope that that they liked what you were making um and you know, they were not picky at at all and um were you know very supportive and um gave good feedback too um whether it was you know, good or bad. Criticism. Yeah, yes. exactly. <laughs> so, um, I really do feel like I developed, you know, very much more broad sense of what I was comfortable preparing and just, uh, push myself outside of my comfort zone and, um, figured out that my wheelhouse was a little bit bigger than what I had originally figured. Did you, so when you working with a family in that situation, were you the first one that they had ever hired? 
I was, yeah. They had never um, worked with a dietitian or cook before, um, and so this was kind of a, a new thing for them. Um, so it was it was a learning process for for everyone, and so there were some um, there were some challenges to get through, you know, with um, scheduling and you know expectations and just like I said, being a part of, a part of mm-hmm. that family dynamic. Um, but I I feel. Um, like it was a really great learning experience to work that closely with, with a family. And, you know, my, my boss was eating my meals every, you know, three times a day. Exactly what you wanted him to do nutritionally. Yeah, exactly. And so, um, that provided an opportunity for really working on communication skills and just really, um, you know, forcing myself to be open and um you know not harbor any any feelings or emotions because it didn't get you very far in that situation so well and you said they were at it was more of a very athletic family so that Mm -hmm. did that kind of bring you back to your kind of sports dietitian sports nutrition kind of likes and wants and passions that you had yeah it really gave me an opportunity to pursue that um specifically and I I didn't realize it in the beginning, but that's truly what was going to um, really pave the way for kind of the future. Because, you know, starting back in college, I knew that working more so with athletes or um, active individuals was what I was truly passionate about. And I knew that it would happen at some point. I just didn't know how or when. And um, little did I know that that's that's what was going to kind of push me in that direction. Well, that, and that's a great opportunity for you too, because it probably gave you more of, like you said, you had that good outlook and, oh yeah, I could do some of this with the sports dietitian mm-hmm. nutrition things. And that was a good segue yeah. into kind of what you're doing now as well. Yeah. So how long did you work for the family then? I was with them for um, three years and one month. So just over three <laughs> three years. Yeah. Which probably I would have to say maybe the fastest three years of my life. Was and, it? Yeah. And there was a lot of, um, you know, a lot of things that happened personally in that three years. And, um, yeah, it was, it was an interesting Kind time. of a critical time yeah. in your life, like yeah. you said, personally and professionally, because you also got married and you're yep. doing all that life work balance with your job and with your home life. And yeah, absolutely. I, um, yeah, got, got engaged, bought a house, got <laughs> married, um, got a dog all you know all in that short amount of time which three years it's not not short but um just a lot of things so well and I think it was kind of what it sounds like too it really did confirm to you that you did when I head into that sports nutrition that future for you mm-hmm. and so that was a great building block for you to kind of get those basic understanding and then moving on to the next chapter so mm-hmm. let's talk about your current chapter which is exciting and fun and doing did you take did you take your certified sports dietitian test prior to your new chapter or was that while you're with your family um it was while while I was still with the family um I had acquired you know plenty of um the required hours which is how many hours is um, required for that test uh 1500 I think if I remember correctly hours? yeah wow. um 
I feel like that I should know that like <laughs> right offhand. Well, but you probably had more sure than that. Yeah, too. it was um, because essentially I was working full time for you know two and a half years by the time that I um, applied to to sit for that exam. Um, so yes, I was still working with the family when I sat for the um, the certified specialist exam, and then. Um, knew that I had passed in woohoo yeah were you were you shocked that you passed um or did you feel like you were pretty confident I was relieved (laughs) I won't say I was shocked I won't say I was confident I was relieved there were um there were tears of joy and it, it just it kind of solidified that that thing you know I guess the way that I I put it is if you've ever had something that you set your mind to eight years ago, 10 years ago, and you knew that that was a goal that you wanted to accomplish, um, and then actually going through the process to do the studying and do what you needed to do and then accomplish <laughs> that goal. I mean, it was it was just kind of a, a, a big weight lifted off my shoulders. And, um, you know, in hindsight, by doing that and taking that plunge and just committing to actually completing that um, really opened the doors for me into the current chapter that I'm in. So and your current chapter has been a lot of kind of you doing your own thing, like mm-hmm. you really kind of putting yourself out there and starting your own business and and doing that aspect of entrepreneurship, which is scary, kind of like the test. Yes, (laughs) yep, yes, that, um, it was certainly uh, an interesting year. (laughs) The year year of 2016 has been, um, yeah, a lot of of ups and downs, a lot of roller coasters with passing the test and then um, starting my own consulting business and kind of figuring out what direction that was going to go because um anytime you're out on your own it's scary um you know the unknown is is just that it's very much (laughs) unknown unknown. (laughs) um and so you really have to learn to push yourself and um do do some things that you're not really excited about doing but you have to because they have to get done and there's no one else to do it for you you. it's just you (laughs) um but yeah, so started um, Davis Sports Nutrition and started consulting with um, endurance athletes. Um, in that were like running triathlons, triathlon, marathoning, um, some some cyclists, but primarily triathlon and runners. Yeah, which um, having a background in that was of course helpful. Um, gave me a little bit even more credibility than just just being a sports dietitian. Um, and I, it, it took me a while to realize what my my true, um, my primary reasoning for wanting to do that was. Um, I, I knew that there was a p- part of me that missed that sense of competition. And I wanted to still have, have that be a part of my life in some way, yet not necessarily be the one competing because, um, you know, as you get you older and you grow up a little bit and you mature, you figure out that um, life's not all about just that, that self-gratification and, you know, um, stepping on a line and, you know, looking around and thinking that 
you can beat everyone else there you actually have to do something with your life and so (laughs) I um in hindsight I figured out that I wanted to be able to help those people um in some in some way and you know obviously that was through the use of their fueling tactics and helping them understand the benefit of fueling their body properly in training and in competition. So that's it. Well, and that, uh, that goes back to what we said about dietitians that we really truly just want to help people and mm-hmm. you, that's what you wanted to do. So how was working with your own athletes and how is having your own business and besides doing the things that we didn't want, we don't want to do, <laughs> which was probably a lot of that on occasion, but yeah, has that been exciting for you and do you feel like it enlivens you and makes you really happy yeah it is it's it's truly exciting um you know people will often ask you know what's what's the best part about your job or what you do and it truly is the um to see an athlete get it you know for that light bulb to go off um for them to experience the the benefit of sound fueling um and then to you know really make that connection to how what they're eating and how they're performing um you know it's something that as dietitians we're really passionate about you know the the value of of food and not only food but good food um real food real food yeah (laughs) not the you know not all the manufactured stuff that you know is pretty common in in sports nutrition, you know, there's a million different sports nu- sports nutrition products, mm-hmm. um, but helping athletes understand that you can rely on just on just real food. You know, it doesn't it doesn't have to um, come from a package or you know, it's be it's specially been, formulated for yes, exactly. It exactly. can be a glass of milk. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. Or Greek yogurt. It's just quite quite a wonder a child. Yeah. yeah, yeah. But no, it's it's fun. And like I said, um, I'm able to experience a little bit of that competitiveness that's still harbored deep within. You know? It will be forever because yeah. that's who you are. Yeah, it will be. I, I've tried to step away from it before multiple times and I just I don't feel like myself you know and so um I just I really enjoy channeling that now into my athletes and um you know sometimes it it's not just about the nutrition you know I'm I'm not a certified coach in in any way but um you know helping athletes understand the value of goal setting and writing down your goals, whether that's nutrition or um, from a training standpoint or a, or a recovery standpoint, um, it's all extremely beneficial. And so helping them, again, just with be ev- successful. With everything, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Putting the whole package together, mm-hmm. which you've realized and experienced your own self as yeah. an athlete. Yeah. Um, because I think, you know, and I'm totally guilty of this throughout my at my former athletic career um but helping athletes understand that it's it's no longer just about the training that you put in it there's so many more little aspects that go into being successful um you know taking care of the little things we talk I talk about that with my athletes all the time you know and it's not just about the little things with nutrition it's you know going to bed at the same time and <laughs> getting up sleep. at the same time and um you know all of those little things that that come together and kind of, I feel make me a little bit more of a 
full package as a sports dietitian because it's more than just about the food. It's more like life, kind of more life coaching, do you feel like, too, along with, in a, in a sense, in a coaching, sense. like health coaching mm-hmm. slash life coaching when it comes to how devoted your athletes are? Mm-hmm. Yeah, and I've found um, pretty quickly that just like when I was consulting with patients from a general nutrition standpoint with athletes, you really have to assess their their readiness and at what level they're they're ready to approach their new, their fueling needs. Hmm. Um, because, you know, you've got, there's a wide range of, of athletes or just active people in general. And um, you really have to quickly figure out, you know, are they just wanting to complete a 5K or um, are they wanting to qualify for the Olympic trials? You know, it's... Big difference. Big difference. <laughs> huge difference. And um, I think you know, because we've worked with a, a wide variety of, of patients, clients, individuals, um, we know that everyone, everyone wants to make right the good choices sure, through yeah. nutrition. Um, but not everyone is, is ready to actually execute that. And, and that's okay. There's mm-hmm. nothing wrong with that. Um, as I tell my athletes, if, if you can make one positive change in your fueling plan I'm good with uh, that yeah yeah you're like yeah. that's great yep <laughs> start the start the recovery process eat eat something mm-hmm. you know when you get done with a hard workout or a big tournament or a game or whatever that is um because that's that's a step in the right direction so do you work with all ages of athletes? Kind of what's the spectrum for you? What, what do you, is there a certain age group that you like to work with or? I am, I'm working quite a bit right now with high school athletes, um, which has been really interesting. That's kind of a, um, in, in my opinion, it's a little bit of an untapped market as far as um, performance fueling is concerned. There's a, um, there's a several, several dietitians now um, throughout the United States that are kind of gearing towards that uh, in- environment, that population, um, because we're seeing that there's sports dietitians being um, employed again at the university level, at the division one, two, and three you level. You probably have one at your college now. Do you have one at your we college? We do. You do. Yeah. yeah. Yep. Um, and actually the dietitian who... Um, was hired shortly after I left, after I graduated from the University of Missouri, was in the dietetic program a year behind me. Oh, really? Yeah, so she was um, she was a strength and conditioning coach within the athletic department and went back and got her dietetic degree. Oh, and so wow. it was funny. We went back and forth quite a bit. And then, you know, she was the sports dietitian then when I left. And now she's at Baylor. And then um, the University of Missouri has another dietitian too. And so it's, it's fun to um, follow and keep up with all of these different, you know, networking sure. dietitians that um, we're familiar with. But um, but the high school athletes, I mean, that because ultimately they're trying to do kind of what you did, like, you know, thinking about where you're going to go to college mm-hmm. and what kind of they're going to get to sports in college. They need to start doing it in high school, not yeah. just when you're in college. Yeah. And the cool thing about working with high school 
athletes is that, again, there's a very broad spectrum of <laughs> commitment and, oh, you know, sure. abilities and interest. And although I'm working with them from a, you know, fueling standpoint, thinking about food as fuel, um, it's not just about food as fuel to be an athlete, but it's also teaching them to start thinking about the impact that food has on their health and well-being, you know, and, and if that takes taking a athletic angle to it, then so be it. Because mm -hmm. if, if that's something that's going to resonate with them, um, then I'm all for it. Are you seeing really good success working with some student athletes and just changes of behavior and understanding? Yeah, it's um, it's actually surprising to me um, the knowledge base that is isn't there. I guess <laughs> I'll say, um, and so that's been really fun to um, kind of challenge myself to take a step back and um, really get creative and figuring out how to connect with with them um but then yes seeing some seeing some really great success um working with a couple of different high schools in the area and um they're two very good high schools um from an athletic standpoint and academic standpoint of course too um but yeah definite potential state champions coming up oh, wow. and just just really good team um really solid team performances that we've seen in the fall sports and now we're gearing up for winter sports as well and that'll be that'll be really exciting too. those are longer seasons too yeah yeah um which we talk a lot about the fact that their seasons are longer and the importance of taking care of yourself throughout the season because unfortunately in recent years we've seen some of the local high schools, you know, get run down or hurt or yes. sick, you know, going into championship season. And that can, that can totally derail, a, you know, four years plus of really hard work. And no one, no one, no one wants to, to lose a state championship because they had the flu or, no, you know, something silly absolutely. like that. So um, we're, we're taking a lot of time to talk about the value and the benefit of you know, sound fueling tactics, eating breakfast, you know, eating consistently throughout the day. You know, what does it mean to optimize your protein intake throughout the day? What does your recovery um, fueling look like? You know, just kind of all those little things. And um, I'm, I'm actually surprised um, at the fact that they weren't really thinking about that at all before we started uh working together and so i'm you know I'm not trying to toot my own horn but i'm just no you should though because you're doing some great you're having some great impact on 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 high school children that didn't have any impact when it came to nutrition mm -hmm. so yeah and it's been it's been really fun to get to know them too and like i'm sure it is pure entertainment it, it is <laughs> it is Yes. Um, do you work with girls feel, and boys? Are you working with both male and female yeah, athletes? Yeah, both male and female athletes. And, um, you know, it, it's fun to work with, with both. I truly don't have a preference at all. Um, with the female athletes, it's, it's, it's interesting um, because, you know, they have some unique needs um, just from their nutrition standpoint. And uh, to have them 
start to understand that and start to put some pieces together as far as um, what they're currently doing and what could maybe be more beneficial or more mm-hmm. helpful would be uh, it's it's good. It's, yeah. <laughs> I'm, I'm sure you have that. some very interesting conversations. Do you work with do family? You. Do you, do their parents become active in this with them, or is it mostly just the student? Um, I encourage a parent to be active in the consultation process if at all possible, because of course the parents are responsible sure. for providing the the food that's available like to your them. Parents did that for exactly. you, so yeah. and you didn't think about it. So. Absolutely. Yeah, um, so in that one-on-one um, consultation environment, I definitely encourage a parent to be to be available. Um, and you know, all the all the kids that I've been working with, their parents are more than happy and more than excited to be a part of that. Mm-hmm. Good. Um, but then, yeah, having the opportunity to connect with more of the community in a, in a more I don't want to say intimate, but just getting to know families like that a little bit better just makes me feel a little bit more like I'm at home, you know, in the community that I grew up in. Grew up in a very small community and um, everyone knew everyone, which (laughs) was good and bad, you know, but um, not, not that Des Moines is is huge by any means but you can like I said before you can feel like a little bit of a fish out of water if you don't start to develop those ties um somewhere and Mm -hmm. somehow and so being able to do this has given me that opportunity which just makes me feel you know a little bit more comforted, sure. I guess. Well, when you're part of, com- of a community, yeah. do you feel more comfortable? Yeah. Do you, with your CSSD, do you feel like that's been a really huge benefit for you now that you're working in the school setting with these high school athletes? I mean, like, do you ever regret taking that test or do you feel like it's been very beneficial for your career? Yeah, never have regretted taking that test. <laughs> um, you know, it, at the time I questioned it, you know, is this, is this really necessary? Um, because... Yeah, I, I had the knowledge. It's just a matter of applying it in that test setting. But I think having that um, that certification just gives you a little bit more credibility. And, um, you know, even if it's just from my, my own personal self-confidence standpoint, again, like I said, having set out to do that, you know, eight years ago when I started on my quest to become a dietitian, just checking that off the list you know it just that's that competitive nature in you too probably yeah, or like just, check off. just a little bit yeah I suppose um but but yeah I, I would it was well well worth it and um just the just that motivating factor to stay up to date on the latest sports nutrition research and um being able to network with other like-minded sports dietitians and um, then be able to have the opportunity to, you know, continue to stay up to date with all arms of, sure. of nutrition because it it's changes. impossible to know everything, but um, knowing the right person <laughs> and figuring out how you can, you know, tap into learn their... that. <laughs> yeah. yeah. It's just all about, it's all about the friends that you have. <laughs> I agree, hundred percent. And I, you're only one of a few CSSGs here in Iowa, correct? Yeah. Last I checked, um, I think I'm one of five, maybe. Okay. Um, and 
I can't be a hundred percent for sure on that. It's, um, changing consistently. And, um, there is a, there's a database available, um, you know, through, through scan that, um, you can keep up to date with that. But, well, that's exciting. Yeah. You should be very proud of that. Yeah. <laughs> So when you think about, uh, we just kind of talked about your dietitian life and to this point, do you really feel like you're living out your passion and your purpose as a dietitian? I, I do more, more so now than ever, you know, um, I'm not one to be, um, overly confident in myself. I've just, I never really have been, but in this chapter in my life, I've said more times going home to my husband that, you know, I think I'm actually good at this. Like, <laughs> and I don't know that it's because I'm a great sports dietitian. Um, I think I'm becoming a better sports dietitian and um, I think that will be continually evolving. But I, I do feel that um, I can, I'm able to connect with the clients and the athletes that I'm working with, um, more so than, um, you know, maybe, maybe someone else could, or I just, I just, I'm sometimes too empathetic. I think, I think I get too involved in their life and the value of their success. But, um, I don't know. I, I guess I can't say that that's a bad thing. No, not at all. I think that's an amazing thing because it just shows that you really care about what you're doing and who you're mm -hmm. helping because you've been that person and you needed it in your life and now you're you're paying it forward and giving it to those people that need it. Yeah, and I, I say that to my athletes a lot. I'm always 100% brutally honest with them and you know I don't I don't hide anything when I'm talking with my athletes <laughs> <That's> good <laughs> um and you know I'll I'll tell them perfectly embarrassing stories that I've experienced in my own life and I'm just there to tell them that I don't want this to happen to you you know and I wish that I would have had someone to um to ask some of these questions you know as I was figuring out where I was going to go to college and what I was going to do and how I was going to do it. Um, because like I said, growing up in, in a really small community, we just didn't have as many options available. And so um, I've just, I've always felt pretty passionate about providing that for the next generation. Well, you're a mentor then too. You're really mentoring and you're being professional with your nutrition advice. So that's, I think, very important. And I think as dietitians, we are natural mentors mm -hmm. <laughs> in a yeah. way. So you're really combining two things that you really, really love. Mm -hmm. And that's exciting. That's that's what I love about dietitians in general, you know, and the, um, the group of dietitians here in Des Moines that, you know, we've gotten to know really well is that everyone everyone does it, you know, again, there's, there's parts of what we do that are, that are tough and mm -hmm. that, um, you know, not everyone's crazy about, but we keep coming back for more, you know, because <laughs> we do, <laughs> because that's just the type of people we are. And, um, working with people who are passionate about what they do is makes it not seem like work. 
Sometimes. Sometimes. <laughs> and if you do feel like it's working, then you need to call someone and, yeah. <laughs> and get that rejuvenation back. Yes. Yes. Lunch dates are great. Lunch dates, they're a necessity. Yes. <laughs> well, thank you so much for sharing all those amazing things that you're doing now. And I, we will have a follow-up, I'm sure, because there's a lot more ahead for you. And I'm excited for you and your future. But um, I can't wait to hear more about your high school athletes and your business and all the exciting things going on in your personal life as well. And, but I do have some fun questions for you. Those were all tough questions. So these okay. are fun questions. So what's your favorite food? All of them? <laughs> Is that an appropriate answer? Sure. That's a great um, answer. No. What's my favorite food? This is this is a hard question. As a dietitian, this is a hard question. <laughs> um, the food with the most flavor. I, you like I, flavorful I foods. Do, I do love flavorful foods. Like spicy or just more herbs mild, and spicy? mildly spicy. Mildly. Mm-hmm. And I I blame that on my husband because I would say I was pretty pretty tame in my palate um, for the longest time, and then I was cooking enough for him and he started putting you know sriracha on everything and I got <laughs> mad at him and I said well, I can make it taste better than just sriracha and so um got a little bit more creative with the the flavor with combinations flavors. and yeah um that one's wine is that <laughs> wine grapes <laughs> grapes is a great answer what's your least favorite food I don't love mushrooms. I like. It. <laughs> I don't love mushrooms. That's a great answer. The, the, these are these are hard. Um, <laughs> there's not very many foods that I don't like. That's the problem. That's great. I'm jealous of you because I do have foods I don't like. What so. don't you like? Um, I don't like corn at no all. No corn. Nothing. Okay. But I like things made from corn. Okay. So I love popcorn and I love corn tortillas and cornbread. It's weird. Mm-hmm. I don't know. Yeah. I'm from Iowa and I don't like corn. Grow- yeah, growing up on a on a farm, on a <laughs> primarily preparing, you know, planting corn and we we had sweet corn all the you know, time. All the time and um yeah, I probably wouldn't have made it very far in life. If- <laughs> well, it sounds like you and your husband are a pretty good match then. Because if he likes about everything and you you guys don't have really any issues. We we don't have very many issues. Um, we both share a distaste for mushrooms, which is <laughs> kind of ironic. Unique. Um, the only other food that he doesn't like, he doesn't like plain tomatoes. Oh. And I used to not like plain tomatoes, but now I do. So... <laughs> Yeah, we're we're kind of weird. We're funny. What's your favorite drink? A Moscow Mule. Is that fair? Yes, absolutely, <laughs> absolutely. My favorite, yeah, my favorite alcoholic drink would be a Moscow Mule. A non-alcoholic drink, um, chocolate milk. I love chocolate milk. I do too. I had some yesterday. It's delicious. It's like dessert in a cup. It really is. Yeah. So good. (laughs) Yep. What's your least favorite drink? My gosh. I should have been prepared for these. My least favorite drink. Oh, I don't like eggnog. That's, That's one thing that I just really don't like. I am with you on that. Yeah. I've never liked eggnog. I haven't either. Well, we won't have it at the holiday time perfect we'll have wine instead good 
<laughs> What's your favorite smell? Um, I've been really into eucalyptus lately. And I don't know that that would be my forever favorite smell, but um, I had the opportunity to travel to California this summer to see where my husband was born and um, kind of see where he started. And for probably two or three years, he's been trying to explain some, some unknown smell to me that he really wanted to get to put in our house. I was like, what are you talking about? He kept trying to tell me it was like frankincense or I was like, that does not sound great at all. Like, I don't think so. Well, when finally, when we landed in California, he, it hit him. He was like, Oh, I can't wait to smell the eucalyptus trees. I was like, really? Is that what, is that the smell that you've, that you've been, been searching? And, um, so we got there and we, you know, could smell fresh eucalyptus and, um, yeah, I fell in love. And so, um, that and, um, evergreen, I love the smell of Christmas. So anything, anything Christmas related is, like is good. They're kind of similar. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Which I didn't really realize, but <laughs> yeah, that's, that's my current jam. <laughs> your current jam. Like, what's your least favorite smell? <laughs> I'm thinking of my dog right now, um, but that's not very nice. My least favorite smell. Wow. It could be your dog. Growing up on a farm with pigs, I have a I have a love hate relationship with the smell of pigs. I hate it because it it sticks with you, gets stuck in your nostrils, and you just can't get rid of it. Um, but I love it because it reminds me of home, you know. And you can't get that anywhere else. Yes. And you know, when when you pull onto the gravel road and you pull into mom and dad's house, you know that you're home. I'm home. Yeah, but. Um, but then bringing it back to... <laughs> you want to leave it our, there. Yeah, I want to leave it there. And, like, I don't want to um, really relive that. Sure. <laughs> when it comes to food, what's your guilty pleasure? A brownie sundae. A nice... From scratch. Yes. 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 Made from scratch brownie sundae. A warm fudge brownie with ice cream on top and, like, a dollop of peanut butter and hot fudge. Oh my gosh, that's, that's specific yeah. and sounds amazing. Yeah. If um well you were at our wedding, you know that we didn't we didn't have cake. I don't love cake except the cake that my mom makes and she made it for our wedding and so that's why we had a small cake there. But um we had apple crisp and ice cream at our wedding and that would be a close second to my brownie Sunday. But yeah, that's that's my guilty pleasure. Well, thanks so much for sharing those with me. And thanks for coming today. And again, I look forward to your future. And I look forward to our wine around the Christmas time instead of eggnog. <laughs> yes, absolutely. <laughs> Cheers to that. Cheers. It's amazing to think that Ellen is only one of about five specialized sports dietitians in Iowa. Um, kind of shocks me. But it does say a lot about how her passion for sports nutrition since she was 13 is now carried on with her as an adult. She is truly helping athletes and children take better care of their bodies with good nutrition and actual real food. Please go to AnnaElizabethRD.com where my book, I'm a Registered Dietitian, Now What? is available. 
You can also find all the show notes and links to things we chatted about and connect with me on Twitter and Instagram at AnnaElizabethRD. Remember to be great always, find the joy in each day, and to start a conversation that truly matters. 